Welcome back to the MicroConf podcast. I'm your host, Rob Walling. In this episode, we have a MicroConf tactics episode where I pull the audio from a YouTube video titled, How to Find a Co-Founder for Your SaaS Startup in Eight Simple Steps. I really enjoyed this video, actually. I dove pretty deep into this topic. And what I realized as I did is that there is a gap in the market for matching people with potential co-founders. At MicroConf, we do mastermind matching, but I've always shied away from trying to make a co-founder match. There's a, you, a lot of complexity. It's like matching people for marriage rather than for dating. But this YouTube video specifically got me thinking about creative ways that we could implement that. And that's something we're now noodling on and thinking about for 2024. If you want to see the amazing visuals and the full YouTube video, click the link in the show notes or head to microconf.com slash YouTube. And with that, let's dive in. It was April of 2018. I was sitting at a blackjack table in Las Vegas. Why I'm holding cards, I have no idea. They don't let you touch the cards. I had just given a talk about bootstrapping versus funding and how I felt like there was this third option that was percolating, that wasn't venture funding, but it was people raising a bit of money. It was bootstrapper funding or something like that. I'd had the idea seven or eight years prior, but I didn't have the skill set nor the desire to start a fund and start investing in startups. And I mentioned this offhand in a microconf talk. So as I was sitting at this blackjack table, a microconf attendee came up and said, hey, if you want to start a fund to invest in bootstrappers, I know some people that would invest and I could help with that. I was only a month or two out having left my last gig, which was the company I'd sold two years prior. And I'll admit, I was looking for my next act. What was I going to do for the next five or 10 years? So this presented a really interesting opportunity for me. And that day was the day that Anna Rolset and I began thinking about what would become Tiny Seed. And the reason I'm telling you this story is there would be no Tiny Seed if I hadn't found a co-founder with Anar's skill sets. I'm not good at sales. He is. I don't particularly care about fund accounting and all the legal and all the background that goes into raising a fund. There's a lot of complexity and a lot of stuff that's just not fun in my opinion. But Anar gets into that and he's really good at it. So a co-founder can literally be the difference between you starting a particular company and not. That's not the case with every company, obviously. You can be a solo founder, and in fact, most bootstrappers are solo founders, according to our State of Independent SaaS survey. But in this video, I'm gonna talk about how to find a co-founder in eight simple steps in case this is something that you're considering. And if you stick around till the end, I'll tell you the single biggest question you should ask yourself before looking for a co-founder. In case you haven't heard this before, I'm gonna say this sentence that sounds maybe relatively tropey. It's that finding a co-founder is like finding a spouse. Having a co-founder is a little bit like being married. You're in a financial relationship. It's very hard to undo. And it's honestly can become a pretty deep personal relationship that requires trust and mutual respect. And that's why there are several steps to doing this. The first step is to evaluate yourself. It's to understand what skills and expertise you bring to the table and what your strengths and weaknesses are. And to be honest with yourself about this, if you're not good at sales and you're thinking of starting a company where you need to sell things, it's probably going to be good to find a co-founder who loves it, who is exceptional at it. These are the best types of co-founder relationships where there's complementary skill sets. I have seen multiple companies where two developer co-founders get together and neither wants to market or sell. They both want to build and be creative. This is not a good recipe. This is not a recipe for optimal growth. Obviously, can it work? Yes. Has it worked? Yes. But in terms of having an optimal outcome or just an optimal relationship, two people who kind of go to their own corner and handle different sides of the business is an amazing combination. 
The second step is once you've taken inventory of your strengths and weaknesses is to leverage existing connections. So this is to go to any in-person or online networks that you have where you think experienced, knowledgeable, motivated people are hanging out. And this step is a bit like saying, I'm trying to find a spouse. What do I do? You have to look, you have to date, you have to talk to people. And this second step is exactly that. I'll say in a perfect world, you would already know the person you're gonna be co-founders with, even if you're not best friends. So Anar Volset and I didn't know each other that well. He knew of me, I had seen him around microconf, we had mutual friends, but I was able to then back channel and go to friends of his who were friends of mine or colleagues who had worked with him and get a sense of who he is and what he was about. And I did, I essentially checked references on him, which is a step we'll talk about a little later. But realistically, if you have friends, colleagues or acquaintances who share your passion or who might know someone who is as motivated as you are to get this done, this is where you're just following leads and you're just trying to find someone you can take it to the next step with. I will add a note, I would think twice before starting a company with family. I've seen some work, I've seen several implode due to weird family tensions because family history is complicated. If you've watched Succession, you have uh, an idea of the worst case scenario, but it, in reality, it becomes very complicated for those around who aren't family to deal with co-founders that are. Step three is to meet people, meet a lot of them, ideally in person. This is where you're going out to startup events, to conferences, to workshops. There's a reason that we at MicroConf are running, I think we're running eight in-person events this year and more than that next year. It's to get you in a room with other motivated, ambitious, talented people to help you make those connections to potentially find a co-founder. We've had many, many co-founder relationships start at our in-person events. And don't just attend microconfs, there's e-commerce fuel, there's Rhodium, there's Dynamite Circle, there's all kinds of meetups where you can meet other like-minded folks. Step four is really an optional step if step three didn't work, and it's to meet people, but not in person, but to meet them online. This is a much less effective way, in my opinion, to find co-founders because online relationships just don't have the depth of looking someone eye to eye in a room. So this would involve joining startup-focused online communities like, say, MicroConf Connect, Indie Hackers, LinkedIn groups, Reddit groups, there's slash startups, and there's slash SaaS, and others. And there are also co-founder matching platforms. Now, I've never used these platforms. I don't know that much about them, but there are platforms like Co-Founders Lab, StartHawk, and I will tease that MicroConf is going to be launching our own co-founder matching platform. This is by popular demand. Over the years, we have matched hundreds. No, actually, it's north of a thousand folks into mastermind groups. And one of the most requested offerings from MicroConf has been, can you help me find a co-founder? And so we will be launching that in the near future head to microconf.com, sign up to our email list to be notified when that's live. Step five is the courting process. So you've identified a potential co-founder or maybe multiple, and this is where you start having a lot of conversations. You need to talk about key topics like your vision, what you want out of the company, equity splits. Do you have similar work styles? Do you have similar personal interaction styles? And a lot of this isn't sussed out by asking questions directly, it's by working together. So Anar Volset and I started discussing what Tiny Seed might look like. We started collaborating on a deck, a PowerPoint deck to figure out how are we gonna sell this to people? Are we in alignment? We talked and thought a lot about it and realized, hey, we are wanting to head in a similar direction. And it does seem like our working styles are complementary. 
I've known several people who were trying to vet co-founders who spent months doing it and even flew to meet them and hang out for a day or two and get work done. Jordan Gall, founder of Rally and founder of Cardhook famously did this with his co-founder of Cardhook and they spent months and months trying to figure it out. It just takes a long time to find out if your working styles complement each other. Step six is something I already mentioned. This is checking references. And I don't necessarily mean a background check, but can you verify their professional background? Can you talk to friends of friends who might know them to find out what they've actually done, how they've performed at prior roles, if they've been a co-founder, how they were at their prior company? Step seven is a trial period. This is consider working together on a small project. Like I already said with our PowerPoint deck, we were putting together. Have a defined period to evaluate compatibility between the two of you before you dive into step eight, which is the legal agreement. Don't skip this. Put it in writing. Draft a founder's agreement that details equity splits, roles and responsibilities, the decision-making process, and vesting schedules. Vest your equity. If you take nothing else away from this video, do not bring a co-founder on and give them half of your company without there being a vesting schedule, meaning they gain that equity over the course of several years. Usually it's three to four years with a one-year cliff where no one gets equity at the start. Usually it's three or four years and the equity just trips out each month such that if things don't work out, someone doesn't walk away with a huge chunk of your company because that can literally kill it before you get off the ground. While there is no step nine, if there were, it would be to get to work. This is the starting line. If you found a co-founder, you found someone you want to work with, you have that legal agreement, now you start running. Now you start building that amazing company. In a minute, I'm going to tell you the question you should ask yourself before even looking for a co-founder. But before I do that, I want to mention again, MicroConf co-founder matching is coming soon. Head to microconf.com, sign up for our email list to get notified when we launch it. The question you should ask yourself is, do you even need a co-founder? Venture capitalists say you need them, but the most equity you will ever give away is to your co-founder. The majority of bootstrapped companies are single founder teams. And in fact, I think the numbers like 85% are one and two person teams. You don't need a co-founder to start a startup. You can do it on your own. But of course, I've traditionally had co-founders because I've found that traveling this long, hard journey is better, more fun, and I would say even easier with a business partner who's on board and working in the same direction you are. 